Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Greetings. Welcome to this special edition of The Way with Anoa. I'm your host, Anoa Changa, bringing you conversations with various folks from across the country. We're talking election 2016. And in this upcoming clip, I get to talk with Charlotte Pritt, who is the Mountain Party candidate for governor in West Virginia. Mountain Party, for those who are not familiar, is the Green Party affiliate in the state. It is a party, as she describes, that is made up of those people from the Democratic Party, independents, Republicans who are really committed to a truly sustainable progressive movement and, and, and looking forward to the best versions of ourselves moving forward. So take a listen and let me know if you think. Choices were so similar. First of all, they were all Republicans, basically. And also the sobering... I'm the only person running for governor who has any experience, hands-on right. experience with the budget. Right. So, and that's, of course, you know, one of our crises. So, uh, and then also I had more legislative experience than all the others combined. Right. Um, so that was one of the reasons I accepted the draft was because I felt like even though it's going to be a lot of hard work, um, I am the one person I think who's, uh, and maybe the only, well, actually, I think I'm the only person really qualified to lead the state at this particular time. And that's a very humbling statement to make and a very humbling um, perspective uh, for what's in the future for West Virginia in the sense of we're all going to have to work really, really hard to get things turned around. Right. And so at any rate, I want to hear about your story with the well, water crisis. Well, well yeah. So um, like, like a, like I'm so I'm so happy we got to we we're, we're getting a chat. This is awesome. So basically, uh, I had I went to law school at WVU, um, and my kids and I lived in West Virginia four years. So we left that summer, that early summer, 2014, um, and moved down here to Atlanta. But during the water crisis, you know, I I I, I always use the water crisis as um. The greatest example I've seen of, you know, people coming together across the aisle, you know, bipartisan uh, uh, interaction and also the worst example, right, of, of politics in, a- in action as we see like a year later, the bill being gutted, you know, voter turnout was so low um, and you have that turnover in the House with, 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 with the majority Republican leadership taking over and then gutting the bill. So I always use that example. I was like, you know, it was, it was, it was great watching people, you know, give testimony and really take agency in the process. And then the same people who were able to do that, they just weren't mobilized as voters um, to, to really, you know, come out when, when the election happened to, to, to make sure you had the right pe- people were actually going to, advocate on their best behalf and we see so much of that increasingly we have decision makers we have people who are in offices and we put them there either by voting directly for them or not voting you know not participating in the process and then we're, we're wondering why things aren't getting better for our families or for our communities and what during the water crisis um, we lived over like Fort Hill area 
um, the kids and I, and, and we had just an awful time with the flushing. Like we were on a dead end, you know, we're up the side of a hill, we're on a dead end row of townhomes. And like one of my neighbors was caring for a sick mother. So she hadn't been there to flush out her, her unit, the neighbor next door to me, she had to flush like seven times, got sick in the process, but finally hers were clean. And we just had so much trouble. Like I just stopped, you know, my son has asthma, my daughter now, my daughter has had migraines. We don't know if it was because of that exposure or not. And, and it was just so frustrating when you're going through the process, you're having, you have kids. Like I remember picking up my daughter from, from school that day. She went to horse man. So we lived over Fort Hill, but she went to horse man, horse man over in Kanawha city. And so, you know, I pick her up from school and we're like, la 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 la. And she had been drinking soda out of the machine, you know, at the, at the pita pit she was waiting at for me to pick her up. And my son has already made himself hot chocolate. And he's calling me cause he's not feeling well. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, don't, don't just lay down. I'll see you in a little bit. So all of a sudden I'm on Facebook while I'm waiting for my daughter. And I see one of my friends who worked at the Capitol talking about the water being like an issue with the water. And I was like, Oh, is that just over there by you? She's like, no, it's everywhere. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then like, it was like right after that, we see the announcement about the state of emergency. So this is like sometimes six, seven o'clock at night. We finally see the state of emergency because I guess by the Capitol, they have been smelling it and complaining all day long. So, you know, I get home, turns out my son had been making hot chocolate after school, which is why he was then sick and puking and stuff. But we went straight to Sam's Club. We went straight to Sam's Club. We, we loaded up on water because I'm also thinking, like I said, I have two elderly neighbors. I have another friend who has a bunch of who she has a bunch of stepsons and she wasn't I'm calling her. She's like, I can't even get to the store. I have all five kids with me. I'm like, all right. So 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 that was the initial, you know, the initial they're going to fix it. They're going to figure it out. But to, when the info, the more information that trickled out, right, by the time we're getting to, to the flush, you know, when it's able to flush, the fact that you had to go online. So we already know in West Virginia, we have issues in terms of Internet and broadband access and things like that. So you're requiring people to then go online. Not everybody even has online access, right, to be able to do that, to download instructions. Instructions weren't clear. And apparently the instructions weren't even accurate because by the time I was able to actually, after the second time I tried to flush, because I flushed when I was supposed to, the war, it wasn't right. Like, like the water still smelled awful. It was worse with the hot water. I, I had the kids kind of not where we were at and no one told you to, to vent, you know, no one said anything about fumes. No one is expecting their water to smell, right? Like, I mean, people say smell, but like fume, like actual gaseous fumes, you're not expecting that. So it didn't dawn on me to like ventilate the house the first time I flushed. By the second time I knew because I had the experience I had with the chest burning and other stuff the first time. Um, but because we, I started getting sick after that and, you know, the kids hadn't been sick after that, after the initial exposure, because I actually took them up to Morgantown to a friend's house. Um, one of my friends from law school, his, his family kept um, my kids for me for the first few days because schools and stuff were closed or whatever, while we could kind of get things figured out what was going on down, down in Charleston. But so I had got sick. I had recurring um, upper respiratory infections and they couldn't figure it out why, but I'm just like, okay, so I haven't been sick at all, but there's a, there is a chemical in the water. I keep having fumes when I try to flush my house and they're like, oh no, 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 no. But you know, like, like what we know now, what I know, I've talked to Dr. Walton several times and what he's, he's like, he's like, you were onto something with the inhalation thing. And it was just so frustrating. It was so frustrating. You have Dr. Tierney on TV saying dumb things like, oh, people are probably just having the flu or people haven't washed in several days. So they're allergic to the water. It's just a rash from not 
having water on their skin. It was just so frustrating as a mom because you're trying to make sure your kids are okay. You're trying to make sure you're doing the right thing. And by the time I was able to get someone from the water company to come out to, to, cause then someone anecdotally, cause that's what we were, that's how I met Chris Hale with friends of water. We were mining evidence from people on social media, people who were telling their accounts of stories and stuff. And, you know, someone was like, well, they need to come and maybe they probably need to let the, the fire hydrant out at the end of your street. They need to come, you know, let it out. I was like, oh, okay. So the guy came because I told him that we had been sick at my house. So he was like, that's why we came because you said you had been sick. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you want to see um, my, my, my most recent doctor note for work, I can show you. So he told me, he gave me, the guy comes out and he said, well, we've been learning as people have been doing this. He gave me a modified way to flush. Completely different Nothing that was ever put out. So apparently some of the texts were giving people a different way to flush if you actually got to talk to one of them than what West Virginia American Water actually put out. So I did yes, that. What, yes, because what they put out was actually completely inaccurate. And <laughs> I actually had a horrible reaction uh, from the flushing procedure. And we mm-hmm. found out later that it was completely wrong because they didn't say anything about ventilation. Yeah. And I had a small bathroom. Yeah, and I was flushing, and then we found out that you know some people think there may have been formaldehyde in that. I have a very small bathroom, and as you know, as you remember, it was very, very cold. Yeah. And when I started putting, you know, all the hot water on, mm-hmm. uh, I got really sick within a minute. Yeah. My yeah. hands started curling up, and my lips and my tongue started yeah. getting numb. Yeah. And yeah. this happened to someone else, uh, a, a dentist, and so she got her children out, and they got out of the house immediately. I got. I had a stab. I was staggering to get to the front door so I could get some fresh air. It just knocked you back. Moving and walking, and so you're absolutely right. There was a lot of misinformation. I had friends at EPA on the national level who also sent me some private information. Just mm-hmm. out of Charleston, it's junk science because there's no testing for yeah. it crude MCHM. So yeah. it was a really uh, a horrible experience, not only that so many people were put at risk, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, but also the misinformation that yes. was put out by the Center for Disease Control yeah. and uh, all over. So I think that uh, the American public and even people from outside the country were looking at what happened to Charleston, West Virginia, mm-hmm. and we were looking at it as well. I had been working with someone... Um, I was supposed to meet that Sunday uh, with someone uh, from Rensselaer Polytech Institute um, looking at the hydrofracking issue, uh, and they knew about what was going on, and they also said, you know, we're trying to get a test for this. You have to go to Japan to get the protocol for it because we don't have it here. And so we got water samples, and as you remember, they were going to charge a couple thousand dollars yeah. outrageous for yeah. to test your own water, but we were being able to get it for free. And so a lot of people were taking samples, and after we did that, uh, the Mountain Party was working with that, with the, the scientists who were coming in. Then they started talking about, oh, well, there's, it's, it's not just MCHM, it's crude MCHM. And then, oh, well, there's something else in it because they, they knew that we were... They had proprietary blend or something like that that they yes, had. Yes, exactly. Right. right. So it sounds as if, oh, my goodness, and I've continued to have problems, uh, too, and some people who worked closely with that started getting blood in their urine and... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, all kinds of nosebleeds, blood in the urine, 
so it was really pretty uh, horrible stuff. And uh, the the most dangerous process was the flushing, inaccurate flushing. Because process. that was that was probably the greatest because expo- you know you had the, you had the limited the ingestion, and that was the thing, right? Like there was so much about ingestion. I mean, but even mm-hmm. when someone someone made a comment, like when people were still going to the grocery store. Because, mm-hmm. like, even after the flushing, the water came back on. It's like one of my girlfriends, she was just like, you know, what she was, she asked them in the store because a lot of the businesses went bottled water or filtered or something, something, something to kind of, you know, help, right? And I remember we were, we were in, a, we were in a Kroger, one of the Kroger's and she was just like, so where's that water coming from? And they were like, oh, it's just the regular. And she was like, up, oh, put the, put, she told the kids we were, cause we were all shopping together. And she was like, up, oh, up, oh, up, oh, we're putting everything down. We're driving to St. Albans and going to Kroger's out there because, you know, that's the same water we're avoiding at home, but they're spraying it on the vegetables, you know, when they do. Oh, yes, exactly. Exactly. So it, it just, it just absolutely. So I feel like when I see the stories of Flint now, like I feel you know, for people, cause they've been going through it for two years now. And like, I just remember the five months or so that I spent on bottled water, everything like, like getting in the camp shower, washing the kids in the camp shower. Like it was just, there were so many powerful voices, I think rose up from the ranks of, of everyday, you know, people, um, during that process. But it's, it's such a been, it's been so interesting as a, as a, you know, transplant to West Virginia, watching, you know, kind of the activism around environmental and social justice type issues, kind of, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a rich history there, but it hasn't always been, been nurtured, I think, in a way that would allow for the real broad based, strong movement necessary to kind of move the needle some from these corporatists, uh, uh, what do they call themselves? Conservative Democrats. Neoliberals. <laughs> well, yeah, neoliberals, but, but, but they like to use their little conservative euphemisms, but you know, your, your mansions and your Tomlins and now your Jim Justices, how they let that man slip into the party, I just don't understand. Well, he got handpicked by Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin wanted to make sure he had a Dino, a Democrat name only, because he will be simply a puppet. Poor Jim Justice. He, I mean, mm-hmm. how can he doesn't know anything about governing? He doesn't even govern his own businesses. He has someone else do it. So it'll be Larry Puccio and Joe Manchin running the state again, um, as he did, as Joe has continued since 2004. Uh, and that's an unfortunate thing because the state, as you can see, since 2000, uh, since 2004, since Joe's been in power. But Joe's, always, Joe's been tied with the Koch brothers and Alex mm-hmm. since the 90s when I ran against oh, wow. him in 96. Okay, yeah, yeah let's, talk about, let's talk about that. Like you, you, you're, you're like something of a folk hero in some way when people describe you. <laughs> because you are, they're like, she's, she's the only one to have beaten Joe Manchin. And it's like when you when you understand West Virginia politics, you understand how deeply entrenched certain power is like that's huge. Well, you know, and it was it was all of this. And when I when we talk about my doing it, it's Mm -hmm. my campaign. It was the largest grassroots campaign or one of the most effective. I think it was Archmore, former Archmore Mm -hmm. uh, governor of West Virginia said um, there's never been a grassroots campaign like the Pritt campaign in West Virginia's history, and mm-hmm. there will never be another one. In other words, they weren't going to let that happen again. <laughs> and and we had ten thousand volunteers in the uh, you know listed, and many many right. more people out there working for us. So it was a grassroots movement that um, really centered on grassroots, real Bernie Sanders type issues, right, and right. it was people issues, and it was such a clear, I had such a clear voting record, but we were up against the Koch brothers and Alec then. Mm-hmm. We were up against wow. uh, the establishment then. We had no, not one newspaper endorsement in the primary. Right. Uh, 
And going up against Joe Manchin and all that that entails, and people in West Virginia know what all that entails, and then the Koch brothers, and um, so it was somewhat of a miracle, but it gave us all hope, and just like Bernie Sanders' campaign did this last cycle, that they, we're still here. Right, that, that right. progressive wing of the party is still here. We just have not had a candidate before. We haven't had a candidate since Bob Wise that represented the the progressive part of the of the party, and when they do have an opportunity, then people rise up because they know the difference between a Dino and uh, a real Democrat. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been interesting to see what's happened. Uh, you know, for the first time that I've ever run, not all the candidates were allowed to participate in the debates. And uh, you know that that's that's so amazing because I was talking about this in Berkeley Springs at Eastern Panhandle, and there happened to be a woman who was married to an American uh, man, and she was from Lithuania originally, mm-hmm. and that's a Russian satellite country or right. had been, and and she was saying that in Lithuania. Uh, she came up afterwards, and I said, well, how many parties do you have in Lithuania? I understand even Russia has four parties. She said, oh, no, many, many more. In Lithuania, we had ten parties. And I said, well, did every person get a chance to vote? Of Every person get a chance to debate, rather? And she said, of course. Of course, the voters would have been an, an outrage. Of course, the voters would have been up in arms if every candidate had not had an opportunity to debate. Mm-hmm. They, they would have to know who, who they were voting for, what right. they represented. And she kind of laughed, and she thought it was so strange that in America, which portrays itself as being such a free country, that we're the only country in the world that has this term about a third party, because every other democracy or a country calls himself a democracy has multiple parties. So if you said the third party, a third party, they would say, well, what is that? Right. I mean, how do you right. even calculate that? A third party. Um, so I think that this cycle has been so exciting in the sense that people are waking up. The rest of the world is watching very carefully. And now many people are realizing that in a, a true democracy, you can't not let people who are on the ballot be heard. Right. If, if not, you have to confess, you have to. Uh, you have to kind of recognize that you're not a democracy. You're a totalitarian government. You're something, but you certainly can't call yourself a democracy. Even socialist countries uh, allow every person who's on the ballot to participate and for the voters to have an opportunity to know who it is. So it's been a very interesting wake-up call, and my being uh, excluded from the debates has been something that has really... Uh, been a wake-up call here in West Virginia. Even even Republican journalists or news co- uh, broadcasters saying this was this was crazy. You know, Charlotte won the Democratic. She was the Democratic right. nominee in 1996, and when she was the um, candidate, I insisted that everyone be allowed to be participate in the debate. Right. I said, "What right. is you know this is?" And so um, it it's been it's been the exciting part. It's been um, the unfortunate part of um, what's happened in the country uh, that we've excluded people from the debates or right. all of the shenanigans we've seen that has happened. It's been an unfortunate um, exposure of the, uh, of the United States political system. However, once you identify the problem and you see what's happening, then you can make the real changes that need to be made. So I think that most of the country is out of denial about that our system is very flawed and we right. we need to start working on it. So I'm very excited about the process, regardless of what happens 
tonight mm-hmm. uh, and tomorrow morning, I'm excited about uh, building a true progressive movement okay. in West Virginia. That's awesome. And they, yes, and I'm hearing all over the state, Charlotte, regardless of what happens tonight, you will. I said, I'm committed. I'm committed to coming back to every part of the state and working with you because the Mountain Party has the FDR New Deal Democrats okay. and the JFK Democrats. Okay. And it also has the Teddy Roosevelt Environmental Republicans. Okay. And it has the the white, the Eisenhower, uh, a concern about the industrial mil- military complex Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so we have independence and, you know, we are really uh, focused on also human rights and clear on our stands that you know, constitutional rights for LGBTQ, right. uh, Black Ma- Lives Matter is a part of our platform. Uh, we are, we've already taken a stand on what's happening in North Dakota, yes. you know, standing mm-hmm. with the tribes. So our party is so issue-oriented that progressives from whatever party, for whatever reason, know they have a home here. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about the fact that the, the Mountain Party supports Democrats, Republicans, anyone who is you know is progressive and right on our okay. issues. Okay, very cool, very cool. Yeah, and I and I, so I'm, I'm really, you can I see mean, how like excited I am. Issue, well, no, I think that's I think that's great because because everyone talks about breaking the duopoly, breaking duopoly. But if we don't get to a point where people can really like start building around addressing these issues that are so pressing in every aspect of our lives. You know, it doesn't matter if you break duopoly if we're not right on the issues, you know? Exactly, we, exactly. I mean, we can add in other parties, but if they're not going to be right on the issues, they're not going to be right for the people, then what are we doing it for? And that just sounds so great. Like, I mean, like I said, like like I said, my kids, we've, we've been away from West Virginia for two and a half years now, and they go back every summer. They do 4-H. Um, so, we, you know, we have great relationships still with all of our, you know, our neighbors, old friends and stuff. And, and it's a beautiful place. And I think that, you know, that beauty, if we don't fight very hard to protect it, won't be there, you know, down the line from even just from an environmental standpoint. Right. Not even when you look at the, the people. And I, I talk about West Virginia and everyone, I'm, I'm sure being from West Virginia, you know, the way the rest of the country sometimes like West Virginia but West Virginia is full of some of the most resilient and phenomenal, creative, sympathetic, uh, engaging people I've ever met anywhere. And, and, and leaving was, was totally because of the stress and strain, you know, of, of, of a man-made, you know, disaster that was the West Virginia uh, chemical, chemical spill water crisis. And the fact, you know, we're, our family's not there. It was just so many different things that happened. And, and really the government response, the, the failed response compounded unnecessary frustration for many of us. Uh-huh. And, and to see that there is a, a, a growth of building, you know, progressivism happening in the state, it's just beautiful. And it warms my heart so <laughs> Well, maybe we could get things turned around so you can come home to well, us to be with us again. So, but but I just I just I just think it's great, you know. And you have a lot of really great people out there who are rooting for you. Um, Crystal Good. Uh, oh we yeah. Talked about Chris Hale. I mean, there's so many people up and down my timeline. You know, people I keep in touch with. Even my friends, some of them who do lean right are just like, Bill Cole is an idiot, and I can't vote for Jim Justice either. Did you hear what he said? Did, did I send you the article? You know, I see you post about Charlotte Pritt. I'm like, yeah, I don't know her, but she's awesome. But now I do know you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so grateful because 
that you have and that that uh, people are coming. I, and I have to say, I'm so thankful from the bottom of my heart for the people who are out there. I have wonderful people helping me, and they're wonderful activists in their own uh, rights. You know, right. people doing uh, everything they can uh, to turn the state around, and they're creative, they're smart, they're uh, beautiful and inside and out. And I'm very, very grateful to have so many of those people helping me. And actually, that's the core of my my campaign, are those mm-hmm. types of people who are activists who get it, that, that we really have to take a stand. Because um, I am concerned about if we don't stand up, not only against the hydrofracking, because we know that if those uh, casings crack, and they will, we know it's just a matter of time, then the aquifers here in West Virginia, we have some of the best and purest water in the world. Right. We went down in North County, we win the world champion for the purest water uh, many, many times, uh, that if those aquifers, uh, if those casings burst, then, then the water is uh, destroyed for 1,600 years. It takes wow. that long for us to, for it to be drinkable again. And we also know that with the, the hydrofracking, the high pressure, the gas coming out of West Virginia, that if those explode, <laughs> we've seen what's happened you know, in other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many of our uh, pipelines are going through nearby schools. Yeah. Uh, they're near uh, facilities. So we have a whole section of West Virginia that is working concerning the gas pipelines and, and also the injection well sites and working with the water. I, I went back to well water. I live out uh, the country. I'm about 15 minutes north of Charleston and, um, you know, in the country here. And I had had a well at one point. We couldn't get uh, water, city water. And so when the water crisis came and I started understanding because of scientists outside the state who were getting in touch with me mm-hmm. and telling me what was really going on, that I I had to get go back to well water. And this is what I have right now. And, uh, you know, I've tried to tell people, be careful. The water is really not secure because of the delivery system. Right. And we've lost a lot of good people like you who've said, I, I can't deal with this now. I'm going to have to go somewhere else where I know that the drinking water is going to be safe and that I'll be safe. But Well, and then but, you find out that, that, that that's real. there are very few places where it is safe. There are varying degrees because that was a big conversation we had during the water crisis, too, was what exactly is safe. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? The, the EPA, they have their different standards. But what do we mean when we say the word safe? I mean, because we've seen there are so many other different issues. Um but yeah, so yeah, and and actually the water, you know, we find out now is it's not safe. I, one of the problems that we had that many people didn't understand that Andrew Welton, who came in from uh, one of the southern states, a scientist, mm-hmm. and worked with us, said that he was looking at the delivery system. And since I was outside, I thought, well, you know, I'm out, I'm far enough away that maybe it'll get uh, dissipated some. But actually, it was more dangerous for those of yeah. us outside the city because the the rubber hose. It leached into that. You can never get it out. It was like radiation. It was going to be there forever. You can never get it out. You have a long rubber hose that I had because I have about a 100-yard driveway that comes into my house. And mm-hmm. the uh, the um, water uh, entry was at the very beginning of the driveway. And I also had the old copper pipes. And with okay. those, it would actually eat the soldering around the pipes. It would actually eat that. That's how toxic and corrosive it was. And for the PVC pipes and you know, the plastic right. ones, it would eat holes in them. 
So it was extremely corrosive, and they were even finding for some people when they were testing it that some people would have a ruptured uh, liver or bladder or, I mean, not bladder, but kidneys and internal bleeding. It was horrific things that were happening uh, from exposure to that. So mm-hmm. I was told that, you know, you just cannot get it out of the delivery system. And uh, yeah, it would have, what they really needed to do was to have it a completely new delivery system. And that's why, if you may have noticed, um, all these, these uh, you would have water mains breaking and Dunbar shooing things mm-hmm. all over the place. Well, I think it was a result of the, uh, this, these chemicals that were eroding the water. So it's it's been a very um, challenging situation. So we're hoping... And I'm praying, and we're working for uh, for legislators uh, to get organized, get all the progressives under one umbrella to address all these issues. And my candidacy has helped that happen as I've gone throughout the different parts of the state, right. everywhere. People are saying, Charlotte, we're not going to quit now, are we, regardless of what happens? And I said, no, it'll be easier if I'm governor for address, to address these issues because all of us are going to have to work together and work with me as as governor for us to make certain we can get things done as quickly as possible. But even if I'm not governor, we will not give up on this because we have to organize right now for the people that are going to be running in 2018 right. to make certain that yes. we have a body of people that yes, will be, be ready. Um so exciting time. That is exciting. That is, and I think I think that is like you know. There's a lot of people feel various ways today, but I do think that this excitement. I, I think that's why I started out this morning telling some folks like, I'm in a great mood today. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I volunteered, you know, grassroots supporter. Um, but at the same time, I feel very, very excited and optimistic because I've gotten to meet and now I got to meet you, but I've gotten to meet so many wonderful people who are committed to not just working around issues affecting, you know, us on a national scale, but who are, who are interested in organizing and activating people in their own communities and, and helping to develop that next level of candidates that we need come, you know, the cycle in 2018. And, and that possibility is just limitless right it's it's it's, it it's, is. it's and infinite. we will be ready <laughs> yes yes definitely we will and, and and there's this national network that has formed of support and outreach and spreading the word that is just great it's a thing of beauty to behold and just as long as we can keep it going which i'm really confident it, it will so i thank you for being in west virginia and doing what you're doing i'm not a native west virginian but definitely someplace that is called at home and and it's it's definitely someplace that's remained near and dear to my heart always. So, I mean, kudos, for real. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are very welcome. And I'm glad that we're connecting and that connection so that um, that we know nationwide and then locally that we, we mm-hmm. have support for one another and we can address these issues. But so thank you so much for taking the time. Great. Thank and you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. All right.